Hi, welcome to Tough Love Podcast with me, Mairead Lockman, matchmaker, dating specialist and the founder of Love HQ Matchmaking. And me, Stephanie Wiegand, clinical psychotherapist and relationship specialist. This week we are on holidays. Woohoo! Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is part two of, you know, our specials that we said we would do while we're away. Um, Stephanie, is there anything going on in your life this week? Anything fun or interesting? Well, I was just, I suppose, fun. Um, lots of birthdays that I'm trying to get organised for. Um, but I was just... Finding this little piece funny, I was out shopping uh, today and I sat beside a very lovely lady. We were just kind of, you know, in a very Irish way, eyeing each other about the coffee and how slow it was and all of that. And she confided to me all the love lives of her, of her children who are now yeah. sort of in their 30s get and this 40s. A lot. And and so I felt I had to reveal myself and uh, it was kind of funny. So uh, I felt like I was in there in um, in Arnott's recruiting listeners, you know. And so if your mother tells you now you're to you're to listen to this podcast, you'll know where that happens. (laughs) I was talking to this lady. Yeah, Yeah, of course, you were on you were in Ireland AM as well this week talking about cheating. How did you get on in Ireland AM? Yeah, well, I mean, well, I love I love that crew in there. They're really friendly and lovely. They really and, are. Um, I really liked talking about it because I got an opportunity to kind of, I mean, cheating is such a big thing. And, um, you know, it's so hurtful and painful and all of that. And I've talked a lot recently about trust and building back up the trust after an infidelity. But the thing is, I also always really like to get across the kind of more balanced side, which is, People like to think it's always, you know, the men, but it's not. And uh, and that that just is completely changing. And the reality is the figures, you know, are very close. Mm-hmm. Men are men are are sort of if even in a, in a married sense, married men show that uh, in any of the surveys that twenty percent of them would admit to having had an affair while yeah. married. Thirteen percent of married women say they've had an affair. Yeah. So you know we we like to think it's sort of ninety percent men. No, no, sorry, that's not how it is. And here's another interesting thing I I learned about it as we went through it because it's always nice to have. I think people yeah. kind of relate to figures, you know. Yeah. Even though we kind of know it because I've internalized it, but people do relate to figures. What's quite interesting is that people. It's it's always the balance, men a little more than women. But if you go through it then in ages, right, it tips a little bit. So there are more women have affairs if they are married in their 20s than men. But that flips again. So more men again in their 30s or more men are inclined to have the affairs. And the time that women have the most affairs in their whole spectrum of age is in their 60s, Maraid. 60s. Oh, my goodness. Are you joking? <laughs> Honestly. Well, Stephanie, you're to an affair now at this stage. Yeah. Hopefe knows. <laughs> exactly. I must tell him that. That's absolutely. And he, th- he thought, like, yeah, because the men have gotten comfortable. That's why. <laughs> exactly. I thought it was really interesting. And oh, uh, so anyway, and so I did that and uh, that was really good. And uh, yeah. Did and you say, though, did they say that men, women in their 60s, are they having affairs with younger men? Because I am seeing a huge increase in ladies in their 50s and 60s that would like to meet younger men. And this mm. is really only after coming about since COVID. Before COVID for matchmaking, people always wanted to still do the normal kind of, or what I yeah. see, the more traditional women dating up in age and men dating down in age. Um, but That's actually, I'm finding a huge amount of ladies in their 50s and 60s that are looking for like men, their late 30s, early 40s. Yeah, that's and interesting. Because they've recently dynamic. had a bit of a fling with somebody of that age group, by the way. 
That's why they've come. Say that bit again. Say that again. Because they have recently, it tends to be because they've recently had a bit of a fling with men in that age group. Yeah, well, they've seen the benefits, um, of course. And yeah, yeah, I've definitely seen a bit of that. I've definitely seen a a little bit of that. And also as women are more and more, of course, financially stable and powerful, if you like, financially, they they have they can choose. And and when they choose, they often choose younger. Yeah. Um, And that's the simple fact of it. I've I've definitely seen that dynamic, Um, even if it's just for fun and short term. But that they 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 like to to date downwards and to certainly partner up downwards in age. Yeah. And I will say, just on a side note, it's not just ladies that are doing this. I had a gentleman yesterday that was 58, I think it was, coming to me and yeah. saying that he would like to meet a 35 year old lady. So, mm. uh, yeah, it's both directions is what I would say. But I yeah. think we're kind of used to men kind of or, you know, it's not always we're not that. used to women. No, no, yeah, no I'm saying that as well. A lot of men that come to me that are 57, 58, 59, very often they will say to me similar to my own age as well. And actually, in the most part, they say someone yeah. similar to my own age. So it's not all just in yeah. case anybody think that's a blanket thing of yeah. ages and everything. You know, everybody is completely different. And the other thing, I suppose, I even found myself thinking this this morning as I was uh, chatting with a few, you know, when you uh, about uh, affairs and that. I thought this was interesting, if I may say. Um, so I meet with a, a group of women every Friday mm-hmm. and we play tennis. So there were 16 of them yesterday and uh, it came up that I was going to do Ireland AM this morning. Yeah. And they said, oh, what are you going to talk about? And I said, oh, cheating. I knew there would be absolutely first cheating. Yeah. Right. Well, honestly, I couldn't shut them up. It was wall to wall stories. Piques their interest. I know a woman whose husband did this. I know a man and she did this. And it went on and on and on. I said, right, I think I have enough information here. I'm not joking you. Everybody had a story. And I thought that was very interesting. Of course, I know it's in some ways, everybody is looking at it from, you know, from through through their own kind of fears Mm -hmm. in many ways. But the reality is infidelity and cheating is and I don't even like the word cheating you know in a way yeah. because because I think I think people are people I, I've got a very forgiving nature because mm-hmm. uh because I think it says something you know something's shifting something's somebody's not mature enough somebody isn't able to commit or somebody is just selfish and I, haven't noticed there's many things so yeah. I don't see it in this simplistic way that's yeah, and I actually really that. like that you say that because you're seeing it in the room. You're seeing couples coming yes. to you for therapy. And so I really like that you see both sides of it because you're not just like, well, you cheated and that's it. Like yeah. there, there, it takes two people, it will say to, in, to have a 10 out of 10 relationship, we'll say, and some people don't ever have a 10 out of 10 relationship, but just as the example. So it takes both people to give the effort. It takes both people to show the appreciation. It takes both people to love. Now, of course, you have to play within the rules as well you know if you're not if you don't want to be there have a conversation don't be there yeah don't be there or at least attempt to fix it don't just go off and play your own game but um i really do like the fact that you in the two sides yeah you do and i see it from my side as well you know um people coming to me and say i left and i was you know accused of this that and the other but to Mm. to be very honest i could not stay in that relationship whether it's abusive whether it's substance abuse whether it just wasn't the right person for them whatever it is and you know I find um, I, I find as well, we, t- we talked a little bit when, when I was speaking to that lady, I found myself thinking, you know, and saying to her, look, you know, there's always something holding people back if mm-hmm. they if they haven't had a relationship or a really good relationship, you know, by the age of 38 or 40, yeah. you know, 
there's there's something holding them back and it's really worth investing in finding out what that something is because deep down they do want a relationship deep down they do want the uh, partner for life and you can't work it out because mothers can't work it out for sons. You know, mothers can't work it out for daughters. Yeah, it's this is that your sexual life is your is a is a is a different journey, and you often need somebody else to help you with that. And uh, I just really, I mean, that's kind of been our motivation, right? Like in for all sure. our Absolutely. chats, is to to kind of help people to navigate that space better and to feel. To 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 not be full of blame, self-blame, not mm-hmm. to be full of guilt, not to be full of giving out to themselves, because that's what I saw before I kind of started this with you. And I thought, yes, I see so much suffering in there and doubt. And I think we're told so little about relationships and and there is that's much it. more that people can understand. And and if they can understand it better, they're not going to be giving out to themselves so much and they'll be pointing the finger in the right area, place, if you like. Well, actually, I often say nobody taught us how to love. You know, it's not taught to us in school. Where do you go to? Like if you're going on social media, as we said, even in our last episode, you don't know whether it's... um, the information is Somebody worth listening not. to. Yeah, and it is, absolutely. And actually, that leads me to my next point and something I did say I was going to cover today is there's a lot of people listening to this podcast and they are looking for an answer. Like, we don't know what exact answer that you're listening, you, why you're listening to this, okay? Yes. Um, there could be somebody that is trying to navigate a breakup. There's possibly someone trying to navigate their relationship after finding that their partner, you know, there has been infidelity. Um, they might be extremely lonely. Now, they might be single and extremely lonely. They might be in a relationship and extremely lonely, which we often see yourself and myself yes. um, in our one-to-one consultations. Um, sorry, our group consultations. Um, they yes. might feel trapped in an abusive relationship. They might feel trapped in a non-abusive relationship, but they might be in the relationship so long, but they know they're not being true to themselves and they don't know how to get out of it. So yes. for whatever reason you're listening to this podcast, if there's in any way that we can help you at all, please let us know. It's the whole reason why we did this podcast is to educate people, help them share our experiences and try and maybe make you, help you to make decisions faster. Women are notoriously bad at making decisions faster. We'll drag it out to the very end, try and fix it a hundred times over when sometimes you've wasted another year. Like if you really think about your last relationship, you know, when did you know you needed to break up with that person? Like if the other person isn't going to make an effort, if they're not going to try and get help with you, all of those things. Um, But like one thing I really want to say, because I'm meeting a lot of people over the last couple of months, obviously, that are coming to me for matchmaking, having the group consultations with yourself and myself through toughlove.ie is just keep going. Just keep going. Keep looking, whatever the answer is you're trying to find, keep going. Your life will change so much. And if you really do make the decision and you align it right, within three months, you will be in a completely different place. But honestly, in six months, you will not recognize yourself if you just keep going. And it doesn't matter who's not going to talk to you. He's going to say something to you. You know what your expectation is. If you're not being true to yourself, perhaps talk to someone like myself or Stephanie in our sessions, talk to Stephanie or even just sit down and think of the clarity of it. How important are other people's decisions or opinions within your life? They're not at all because the right people just want to see you happy. And I think it's really important that we say that because for all different reasons, people are listening to this podcast. Yeah, but I think what you what you to me, what you speak to there is 
that we go around a lot in our lives for a long time, kind of, you know, being, you know, being your daddy's girl, being your, your mommy's girl. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you, you get, you get set into roles in your family. And, yeah. um, I, I recall myself when I was around 30, I remember, remember just really realizing that, that, that you're, everybody goes to their own home every night. Mm-hmm. You go to yours. And if you're alone, you know what that feels like. Yeah. And so although they may have an opinion on you, they they're not there to support you in every day of the week because you have to support yourself. So that's why you've got to make decisions above and beyond family and above and beyond friends that are important to you because the track we make in life is a singular path. Yes. Until we find our soul, as you know, soulmate or a soulmate mm-hmm. or a buddy who you can absolutely, you know, uh, build a, a kind mm-hmm. of a together future with. And I think don't give up on that. But yeah. also remember, these are very individual personal decisions and they're the ones that will really take you to a new new level. And that's kind of what you're talking about there. Yeah, and very often that conversation is like one 10 or 15 minute conversation with someone that maybe doesn't have your best interest at heart or somebody's mind that's so small that they're concerned about what the neighbours will think or because it's a small town or whatever it is. Like you need to be true to yourself. And if people are not going to help you find your happiness or not going to be happy for your happiness, then maybe they're not the right people in your life and maybe you need to kind of expand different circle within yourself. Yeah. But, you know, I, I hope people find like, and one of my favourite sayings ever are some of the best days of your life have haven't happened yet. So all you need to do is believe and keep going. That's all. And can I say something about August? Um, As we're just tipping into August, I saw, um, I I don't know if people are aware of, uh, uh, and we're just shooting the breeze here a little bit, but Stephen Murphy, he's a poet. And he is on Facebook, actually. And um, he would have he would have come to a little bit of prominence in um, in the time of COVID because he did some amazing wrote some, write some amazing stuff. He's a bit of a bard quality, you know, a kind of a long poetry that he just speaks out. And he did a lot about one of the biggest ones was before before I pushed the chair. So it was a lot about his loneliness and his struggle with life and all of that. And he um uh, anyway, I, I, he's recently started to talk about Grogust, right? Okay, Which is yes. a love, love of month that in August that we might look at life slightly differently. Mm-hmm. We might, instead of always flying forward and flying back and where are you going on holidays and all the frenetic kind of way that we go mm-hmm. forward, that we could, we could sort of in some ways pause and look at August slightly differently. And it reminded me, first of all, to kind of value what you have. I always found August and January were times, I suppose it was the before you go back to school time, yes. but as as both a mother and, and then as a, as a sort of just a woman directing my own life, I always found that in August I would sit back and think about where I was in the year and where I was in my life. And uh, I'm a great believer, as you know, in change and in yeah. bringing, bringing in new things into your life. If you have enough socially, if you have enough in terms of your, you know, mental stimulation, if you have enough in terms of your sport and all of that, 
now is the time to think about the winter, not when the winter is upon you. Yes. Think about it. Look around you. Do you go to enough things? Do you go to enough plays? Is there something you could do? Is there is there something you could look look up? Now is the time. Use your holiday when you're scrolling at that beach or you're, scro- you know, look at these things that you would. Did you want to write a book? Did you want to paint a picture? What did you want to do? Did you want to learn about how to yes. write plays? Find it, look it up and do something about it. Take a step in that direction. And you need to do it because all the courses start in the winter and you have to do that thinking before then. It's funny you should say that because September is one of my busiest times of year because as soon as the evenings start getting dark, yeah. you and it's actually when a surge of men come to me especially um, because when the evenings start getting dark, a lot of their golf will say finishes up, a lot of their sports tend to kind of finish up a little bit if anybody's out doing any sort of farming or anything like, you know, horticulture or anything like mm-hmm. that. It tends to slow down or hiking because we don't have those extra hours in the evening. So I see the amount of new inquiries shooting up and even I have Interesting. consultations up already for August. I'm pretty much booked up for August so it's nearly going into September and I think it's really important and actually anybody I'm meeting at the moment there's three things I'm telling them they should do that are single. One, I think they should go on at least one date a month and Stephanie always says more but Stephanie hasn't been on the apps in a while to see, uh, <laughs> see how much work it is to get one date. But yeah. you know I do think you should be going at least one date a month. I think you should be starting a new uh, hobby. I always say this, at least one new thing a month. Yeah. Get out of your comfort zone and then also organize at least one night out with friends per month and that's not to go for dinner drink a bottle of wine and then be tired for the rest of the evening it's actually to get out and meet new people so obviously have dinner before you go out don't don't go out and Mm -hmm. we've all made that mistake at some stage but go out and have a bit of fun and get talking to people start going to different cafes start going to different restaurants start new sports if you go to the gym talk to new people all of those things do something new increase the amount of people you're talking to because I think people it's a great a great way to and it's not just it's not just Mairead for meeting the numbers it's not just for that, if I may say, there's an added factor. The more you connect with people, this is very well shown that your confidence level and your well-being goes up. So your mood goes up. They don't have to be big connections, but they have to be frequent and, if you like, um pleasant, but frequent but short, short in duration. So you can get a bit like I was saying, the lovely woman I spoke to. Yes. The restaurant today. Yes. You know, like that was a real connection. And and actually we did exchange numbers as it happens. But, um, you know, that was a real connection. And that's all, you know, I won't meet her again. I mean, this was just, I was just sending her, you know, sort of information. But, but the point is, it's very good for you and it's good for your confidence to keep meeting people and having people validate you and say, yes. oh my God, you know, lovely to meet you. And um, really enjoyed your company and you know you look great in that and yeah. so you're getting all of that so it's like a feed isn't it but if you stay at home and you don't and you stay back and take the easy option which is don't try and I listen I understand that the reason I think I really understand it is you know I've been single in those phases you know between marriages when yeah. it's difficult and everybody seems to be coupled and and everybody seems to have something fabulous to do on a Sunday and you seem to be walking around wondering 
doing what you will do with it. I understand that. I understand that bank holidays can be painful when you're yes. single and everybody else looks loved up. But the way through it now and for anybody who's struggling, the way through is step by step. Do one, make one good decision and the next good decision comes much more easily. Yeah. And I'm with especially with people. You know, I think it's good to do things with people, especially if you're alone or anything. We had a message into us there during the week and it was a lady that said to us that she last year, she was having a very difficult time with her husband. And so she confided in her best friend and her sister about the difficult time that she's having. And she said there was no abuse. There was no, um, you know, verbal or or otherwise verbal or physical abuse. Mm -hmm. But she said that she is in a situation now that herself and her husband are back in an extremely good place. In fact, better than they were previously. Yeah. She said that both her sister and her friend are holding a very big grudge with her husband to the point that they won't do anything with them. They're not invited as a couple anywhere anymore. And um, she said, you know, realistically, it was just a phase that they were going through in their relationship. Mm -hmm. And she feels sorry that she ever said anything. And how can she fix this problem? That's hard, isn't it? Because, you know, in a way, it's very difficult for people to confide in somebody about their relationship, mm -hmm. because that's this is exactly why, because they find that you've, you know, you may have got your friend to sort of have bad thoughts, if you like, and to yeah. see a, a negative side, but they're not getting it in the whole context. And that's why one does have to be careful about it. But in her case, I would be saying you need to step in there. You are the one who opened the conversation with them and told them and confided. And you need now to go back to them and say, look, I'm sure you were worried about me. I understand that, you know, I brought you in and confided in you and in many ways asked you, you know, to kind of support me and be be nice mm -hmm. to me. But the truth is, I'm not just, you know, how would I say, uh, pretending in any way, but we really have worked through the, those issues. And I feel really in a good place now, you know, with ABC. Yes. And I, I think she needs to clear that with them and say, and, and she needs to say also, you know, I hope you won't hold it against my husband because... Really, it's only one part of him and he has he has made all these, you know, mm -hmm. I, I think and she also, we don't know really. Yeah, but we also as well, like there's sometimes when you, there's somebody in your life driving you crazy and then the following week you're like, actually, I probably mistook the situation myself yes. or I maybe should have communicated that better to them yeah. or maybe I got the wrong end of the stick. And so they hold it now in fairness to you. You always say be careful about confiding in family and friends. And I can yes. see why this is the prime example of it. Now, That's sometimes right. the horse is bolted at this stage, you know, and yeah. so to, to rein it back in. I have had a situation previously. Uh, I had a very good friend, a best friend, I would say at the time, and an ex of mine. And we were going through a very difficult time. Now, subsequently, we broke up, fair enough. But it was, you know, at a very difficult time. And the only reason she knew the information that she knew is because she was one of my best friends. Yeah, and you confided and, in her. And confided in her. And so it came to a situation anyway where I was kind of made decide between her or him. And actually, I didn't pick either of them. Yeah. I picked myself. And I yeah. think this is sometimes what we need to do. Uh, we're no longer friends and it's the best decision that I ever made, if I'm honest. But what I will say is, OK, I chose myself not without reflecting and actually talking to three of my other 
best friends from different walks of life saying this is a situation I'm not going to give you the fluffy version of my events this is genuinely what happened and the stuff that I told her I confided in her and now this is the situation and I'm kind of being made to choose here now I'm I, what do you think I should do am I being harsh if I choose myself basically and this is what I'm planning to do and all of them said I think you've actually done the right thing and actually not one day of regret ever mm. so Look, I know it's not always as easy to cut people out uh, and I definitely am not the sort of person that does keep cut people out unnecessarily, but I would say that sometimes you have to choose yourself. So I don't think yeah. you need, need to give a reason. Just be like, look, I was going through a tough time. Get over it. Move on. You know, kind of, there has yes. to be a little bit of. Yeah. And in that case, as you, you mentioned, it was a sister as well and a best friend. So yeah. um, they're harder you know, to. Yeah, they're harder to let go. And I, I get that. But uh, also, you, you, I think we've talked about this. You have to call it out, and maybe she needs to say as well to them. Look, I confided in you for your support, not for your mm-hmm. judgment. That's it. And also, yeah. as a result, you're now isolating me. You're not inviting yeah. me to things, and I actually yeah. feel, yeah, I think yeah. that is it. And I think the answer lies there. So best of luck yep. with that. Yeah. Yes, very good, Stephanie. Something I have read a lot about recently, and actually, I've seen it a lot both in my personal life and also I've seen it. Um, through clients coming to me is people that um, putting all of their love on someone that really has given them very little. So I'll give you an example. Mm. Perhaps somebody that has maybe met somebody on a night out, the person has given them their number. They may have gone on one date um, and then there might be six months before a second date. Now, to me, if you know, the second date should follow within a week or two afterwards and there yeah. should be some level of consistency. You should be trying to meet up at least once a month. But if it's two or three months in between dates, I don't think you're dating. That person would be my idea of this. Absolutely. But for some reason, they're Conven- hanging very on. Very convenient dating. It is very convenient dating for one party or the other. Oh, yeah. Okay, But yeah. I have seen where one of the parties gets quite obsessed with this person and like mm. ends up talking about them all the time, like they're in a relationship, yes. whereas actually that person barely exists within their reality. Yeah. And so my research, when I started looking into it, it's a situation where very often that person, you know, had very little love or affection within their childhood and therefore they found love and affection where perhaps it wasn't or the exaggerated love and affection perhaps where it wasn't. Now another example of this, some people may have listened to a podcast, a very big podcast last year that was big time in the media in relation to catfishing and when the hosts of that podcast kind of dug deeper and if you listen to the story of it, they found that there was a number of guys who thought they were dating the same person. Yes. And yes, I, a, I listened yeah. to that. Yes. Yeah. To and as a result, yeah. And as a result, um, they had a situation where there was guys that had never met ladies that thought they were in a relationship with them mm. because she looked very well on Instagram. Now, I don't know if this works on the same level, but like, unless you're actually dating someone. So like, you know, unless you're well, actually I think it's in a relationship. The fantasy. The fantasy and, you know, and it's also then as well, you know, if you're not getting what you need, like if it's case you're only meeting up to like every two, three months, I think it's really important you're not Mm. fantasizing about that person. You're not. Well, I think that's romanticizing the situation. Romanticizing it and building it into something. I've had, I've had people now, COVID hid a bit of this because people, there was a lot of this going on 
you know, in COVID. Mm -hmm. And that's fine because, you know, people were happy to have somebody and a friend because really it was better to have a friend outside your house than have nobody outside. You know, a lot of people were on their own. And, you know, I think there was a lot of compromising, if you like, going on. And in that you can understand that fantasizing about, well, maybe this is a little more than than it actually is. Mm -hmm. But now in the real world, um, but during that time, I had a number of women, young women, young and gorgeous women with me who were, I would call it straddling for the want of a better term, a relationship across continents, right? I know. That was, uh, you know, when did you, when did you see him last 18 months ago? It wouldn't have been to do with COVID. It would have been that um, they were going and I decided not to go. And, you know, and this was going on and on and on. And there'd be a call every month, maybe. And then there might be a call every week in another case. And they'd be talking for three hours, but then there'd be nothing and they wouldn't see them for another eight months. And you just feel like, sorry, what's going on here? What are you doing with your time? And how in God's name do you think this is going to progress into something? Because they would not be asking for anything. They wouldn't be steering that ship or the direction of this communication in any way, strictly on the receiving end. And that's, even if that's just a common friendship, that's not an equal situation. So we I know we talked a lot about power, but it's it's a bit like the attachment where you're saying, you know, that the person is over investing, overvaluing, but yeah. also there may be um a, a sort of a, almost like some people open up emotionally more quickly to another. And that can be because they're needing it more. They craving know. it more. I don't even know if they're opening up more. I think it's like a lot of it's going on in their head. I think they've become obsessed mm-hmm. with that little snippet of attention or um, affection or yeah. they, the kind of thrill of the chase a little bit, I would think as well, is going mm-hmm. on. Um, breadcrumbing themselves, as in, I don't know if the, the technical term for it, but where yeah. they're happy to receive just little snippets of the yes. odd phone call here or there and everything. One of the things you I think it about, keeps them warm. Like crumb, bread, yes. breadcrumbing is a good thing. It yes. keeps hunger at bay. Yes, exactly. And it keeps loneliness at bay and it keeps the desolate feeling at bay. But the reality is the desolate feeling is what allows you to 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 jump into action and yes. do something about it. That's why that's also very negative because it keeps you stuck in the status quo in a kind of a, a not not warm, lukewarm, in a lukewarm kind of um inaction. Yes, we just did touch there very briefly on long distance and I would actually just on a just like to add in there. I have done a long distance relationship over kind of a six month period and we still got to see each other every second week. So we were on flights every second week going one direction or the other. And what I will say to people is the only reason you should be doing long distance is with the with the sight in mind that you should be one of years going to relocate within the next three to four months. Okay, I really would say now you need to get going on it, you know, or there might there has to be some level of plan. There has to be some level of commitment that either you're going to move there, they're going to move or whatever is going to work. You have to remember when you're dating that person, it's very easy to behave yourself and just be on your best behavior for a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's grand. Then your dopamine levels are falling off. Say it's a week every second or every third weekend. Your dopamine levels are then falling off Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So like regardless of how great you felt over that weekend, you're 
you're like worse than your base level of happiness anyway for the first three days that they're away and then it comes to the middle weekend and then you're like ramping up for the following weekend and I can't wait to see you and we'll do this and we'll do that and everything that's not real life and I think it's very important that I think we say to people if you're doing a long distance relationship it has to be with the aim of the person being able to stand in front of you on a daily basis within the next couple of months 100% so be realistic about it yes but stop dating people that are not actually you're not actually dating them yeah. stop dating people that you can't see stop what you're saying people. is stop dating people in your mind in your mind yes like honestly I really would I was talking to another girl there the other day she's not part of the service just talking to her in general and there's this guy who keeps coming into her life and out of her life and, in her, and every time I meet her I don't know which one is going to be and everything and there's always some big story and everything Can, just stop for a second okay what is it you actually want when you set up date started out dating or started out in your relationship and this could be for anybody that is actually in a relationship as well at the moment when you started out on your path to having a relationship what did you visualize it as and if that is not where you are now and if you're not getting your needs met you need to reevaluate the whole thing and if somebody is just contacting you every few weeks and everything like that I, you you need to stop like that's not a real relationship so exactly. you know you, like you have to cut them off completely and start again stop just start you know, fresh stop feeding your ego or stop feeding the loneliness or stop feeding mm-hmm. what we're saying there the um romanticizing the situation i think it's yes. very important that people are very conscious about what they're doing if the yeah. person is not able to give to you and not able to give to you in the next couple of weeks months you need to pull the plug as, as i say you know plenty of fish as they say they used to call it put them back yeah. Put her throw back. Them, throw them back. That's how it, throw them back. <laughs> overboard, overboard. That's it. Now, I want to tell you, because I know we're in holiday mode and I am yes. too. And um, just want to, to mention to people two films that I recently watched. Yes. And um, I very much enjoy different, uh, obviously, love-based things like everybody else. But these are two films I really thought were quite good. And I've been thinking, actually, that we should talk about some of these now and again. It's kind of a, yes. a, a thought that I've had Um that, you know, if we could have, if people would like to tell us their best love story. Yeah, if you're watching anything on Netflix or something like that, please let us know. Or a great book. Yeah. I'm in a book club that's restarting in September. So I'd love to have some uh, some yeah, options I for it. So please this. do send us some stuff. Yeah, so we, we'll, we'll give that more thought and, and come back to it. We, um, but I watched two anyway, and I wanted to mention them. One was, it's, uh, it's on, both on Netflix plus one. Yes. Um. That is a really, really good film about uh, and very, very funny. And uh, it's about it's it's about the a couple and, you know, they're kind of buddies and they uh, she's his plus one and he's her plus one at mm-hmm. weddings and how it all goes. So you get a lot of views of weddings, a lot of a lot of the crack of how things go. Yes. And she's immensely funny. And uh, it's just obviously I'm not going to spoil it, but it's a really lovely watch. Fantastic. Um, the second one then is uh, with Lily James and uh, it's about the, I actually spoke about this on News Talk a while ago, but um, I hadn't actually seen the film. I oh. just just read a summary of it and it was, uh, it's about the, it sort of parallels the assisted marriages, the arranged marriages with the fall in love marriages. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's super funny, but I'm going to have to just take a moment to find the name. So the film with Lily James um, and it parallels sort of assisted marriages or arranged marriages and the fall in love marriages that we think about in the Western world. And 
it's it really kind of does a little journey into that. And I think people would really like it. It's not trite. It's not silly. It's sort of well anchored, great fun and uh, and touching. So uh, what's love got to do with it? It's called I would highly recommend. Fantastic. OK, we'll have to definitely try those. I haven't watched Netflix or any sort of TV for most of the summer, if I'm honest. You will Just, love these. Right? Yeah, will I? OK, great. Well, it's yeah. funny, actually. I don't watch first dates and everything. People are all surprised to hear that, which is like I literally live first dates all day. Well, that's work. Every yes. day, you know, but I do love a good love story. Absolutely. Yeah, I love first dates, Ireland. I think it's really nice the way people, the way people sort of very generously kind of and vulnerably come in there. Yeah. Now, I know yeah. some people will say, oh, they love all the profile and all that. Yeah, but there's still, I know lots of people who've put their face in there. And I think, well, very, very brave of you. And I really admire yes. you for that. In fairness, I love first dates. I just don't watch a lot of it because the last thing you want to do, if you're an accountant, the last thing you want to do is go home in the evening and do all your budgets and your accounts. Yes. You know, So it's like it's a switch off. Yeah, but I do love a good romantic movie. Thank you for listening to Tough Love Podcast. If you have any queries or stories or anything you would like to share with myself and Stephanie, obviously confidentially, contact us at toughlove.ie as well. If you would like to book a private consultation with myself and Stephanie together on Zoom, um, also all the information is on toughlove.ie. If you're away on holidays, have a great time and uh, we look forward to chatting to you again next week. And if you're in Ireland, stay out of the rain. 